Welcome to the Making Hay podcast with Marcia Miller from RFG Advisory. In this podcast, we help veterinarians, from new graduates to seasoned practitioners, navigate the sometimes tricky waters of personal finance. We all know the saying, making hay while the sun shines. As cheesy as it sounds, it represents a lot of what we help people do in their financial lives and businesses. We know each of you faces unique challenges, and we're here to offer advice tailored just for you, anchored in service, stewardship, and a genuine understanding of your profession. Join Marsha Miller, your guide on this journey. Marsha has spent over 25 years in financial services, and her passion is helping vets like you get a handle on your finances. Tune into each episode as we meet at the intersection of veterinary practice and financial management. With help from expert guests and insights from Marsha's own experience, we're going to tackle your biggest financial questions head on. And welcome to the Making Hay podcast with your host, Marsha Miller. Marsha, great to be back with you again. This is our second podcast together. Last time we learned a little bit about you. This time, I think we're going to focus a little more on your practice, get a little bit deeper with that. It's nice to see you again. Yeah. Hey, Bill. Nice to see you. So last time around, we introduced you to your listeners. Mm-hmm. Let's go a little bit deeper with your business and talk more about the, I mean, we got into this some the last time around, but talk about the focus of your business, if you would. Tell us about yeah. that. Yeah. So just a you know, reminder of the focus of my business is we work with veterinarians. So we work with all phases of veterinarians. So if they're just getting out of vet school and they have no clue about what to do financial, they don't know what to do with their student loan debt or even what kind of practice they're going to be in or starting or so forth. We work with them. Um, we also work with veterinarians that are, that are in the middle of their practice, whether they own a practice or they're an associate or even a corporate employee. And then all the way to a veterinarian who's looking to sell his business, who's starting to think about an exit strategy. You know, does he sell to his associate advisor? Does he sell to corporate, which is a big booming thing right now? Or does he, you know, what options are there and what how much money do they need to get out of their practice to even be able to retire? So we help put all those pieces of the puzzle together. And then we work with veterinarians who have already done all of that and they're now in full Mm. retirement and they're just living the good life. So literally every phase of retirement, we just speak veterinarian and we work with veterinarians. So that is great. So, but why? Why did you choose to focus on this area? Yeah, I, I really feel like they're underserved, um, you know, and they're just wonderful, kind people that we enjoy working with. Um, you know, I like to think that I'm just a real person who likes to work with real people and they're mm. real people. They're just authentic and and kind. I think anyone who loves animals has, you know, just this kindness about them and So we just enjoyed working with them. And then after, you know, getting several clients, we started seeing a pattern of needs that veterinarians had, and we were able to solve those problems and give them ideas. And so it just kind of has evolved. And that is our focus. I'd be hard pressed to name a veterinarian that I've met that I didn't like, to be really honest with you. Yeah, the same. It's just um, good people. They really are. So how do you acquire new clients? Is this word of mouth? 
Well, we spend a lot of time um, going to veterinary conferences. Um, matter mm. of fact, we're headed to Alpharetta, Georgia, the end of next week for Vet South. So we'll be there, have a booth, have a cocktail hour where we can meet more veterinarians and just mingle with them, spend time with them. And then we also get a lot of referrals. So from physicians that we're helping um, currently, they pass our name along, which we're super grateful for. And then we host educational events from time to time. So we meet people there and through their associations, we just kind of have feelers out everywhere in this industry. And so that's the main ways we meet them. Yeah, no, that that's actually interesting. So just as an aside, you don't limit your client base, I guess, just to, I know you're based out of Alabama. Do you limit your, your talent base to, to client base to Alabama? or No, you... not at all. That's a great question. We're actually licensed in all 50 states, which I think makes oh. us a little bit different because a lot of firms are only in, you know, a handful of states, maybe the Southern region or, you know, things like that. So that we're, we're headed out West in the beginning of the year in February, we're headed out to Vegas for a huge conference there. And, you know, we'll touch veterinarians all in that area. So of course they come from all over the United States to these yeah. conferences. So um, yeah, we are not limited. We can, as long as someone has a computer, can get in front of their computer or when we're in their area, want to visit with us in person. Um, we're not limited by any geographical area in the United States. Oh, that's fantastic. And that yeah. goes into, you know, my next question, what's unique and different. You've touched on something that's different already. Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, just the specialization in general, um, you know, makes us special. And, you know, as you know, I own my practice. So I'm a female owned business. I've been a small business owner for 25, 26 years. And I think that's special too, especially given, given the um, demographics in the veterinary space. Now there's 80% of veterinarians are female, 80 80? So 80. Mm. Yeah, it's really a large number. And I know a lot of um, veterinarians coming out of school are female too. So we love working with our male clients and we love working with our female clients, but that's another thing that makes us a little bit different. And then, you know, we create holistic plans for veterinarians that are based off of the concerns that we see them talking about repeatedly, you know, and they're busy taking care of animals, running a practice, you know, raising children and doing all these things. The last thing in the world they need to have to worry about is where do I put money? I've maxed out my 401k. Mm -hmm. Where do I put additional money or where do I put my emergency fund for my practice? Because I need to know I've got what, six months or at least or so if, if yeah. everything fell apart that I could pay my staff, you know, they've got a lot on their plate, a lot to be worried about. So investments and retirement and estate planning and income planning and all those things that are in our wheelhouse. We don't want them worrying about it. We want them focusing on what they do. And especially one of the biggest problems of veterinary medicine right now is burnout mm. because they, they don't get a lot of time off. They're constantly, you know, in demand. Um, a lot of clinics being open even seven days a week. And even with some relief veterinarians there to help them, burnout's a big deal. We don't want yeah. them burning out and having to figure out their money as well. No, it sounds like you're saying in a lot of ways, veterinarians are like a, like the rest of us. <laughs> we got we definitely could benefit from, Isn't that the truth? from a financial advisor helping us log here. Yeah. And and I do have, you know, just me personally, you know, a lot of financial advisors work for another firm their whole career. And there's nothing wrong with that. 
But as a business owner myself, I see parallels all the time and the struggles that I have and I've had through my career, you know, whether it's staffing or, you know, or what, just managing and running the business. That's a whole different set of concerns in addition to being a financial advisor. So it's the same thing for veterinarians. They have a set of issues if they are practice owners that are unique from just a veterinarian that's working as an associate or in another path. It's interesting. You you mentioned that you deal with issues that veterinarians deal with. And it just raised a question on my mind. What are some of the unique issues that, that veterinary practices and, and the vets themselves have to deal with? It's different from, say, somebody, you know, doing some kind of different work. Yeah, I think it's, um, I mean, there's pros and cons. Like, you know, they don't typically, they don't have the the issue that regular human physician, physicians have that they have to worry about insurance. I mean, I don't even know how many staff members is needed just to file the claims. But oh. I think that, you know, for a human physician, but I think for a veterinarian, that's an advantage and disadvantage because they don't have payment methods. Sometimes they have to work with people on mm. even paying for things. They've got a, you know, a sick animal that they don't want to send away you know, a sick animal home just because the person, you know, the client doesn't have money to pay for that. So that's a concern. They have, you know, a lot of outstanding accounts receivable. And again, like I mentioned, staffing is a big problem right now. It's There's a staffing shortage pretty much in every industry right now. Those are issues. And then I think the biggest issue is just not getting the financial education in school, Mm. which is, you know, a tragedy for uh, for every profession, you know, unless you're going into finance, people, they get trained how to be a physician, but yet they don't know how to manage money. And yeah. so um, they have to learn it the hard way. And so that can sometimes be challenging. And, and we're here to solve that. Like I said, we have a passion for even working with the ones straight out of school that don't have money. All they have is debt. They're the opposite of what the financial planning book tells us as a great client. Yeah. You know, but we are concerned about the industry. And so that is something that we're pretty passionate about in this office. Yeah. You mentioned account receivables. And I I come from a family of farmers, not now, they're not now, but, you know, and I've known a lot of farmers over the years. And I know that, you know, cash flow is a difficult thing to come by. And you do have to work with your providers, in this case, the veterinarians who are taking care of large animals for you, maybe, or something. So, yeah, it's interesting. Right. Yeah. What can clients expect when they're working with you? Just uh, just sort of walk us through veterinary yeah. bill walks into your office and sits down. What, yeah. what, what would so that meeting look like? The very first meeting we have is we just call it a get to know you meeting. It's very simple, you know, because we don't want you to come into our office at the very first meeting and bring anything. We don't want you bringing statements mm. or snapshots or spreadsheets or anything like that, we want you to come into a safe place to ask questions and all questions are important. There's no unimportant questions. You know, sometimes people are very intimidated because they don't know the questions to ask. Right. And so we just like to have a sit down and, you know, we're very down to earth. My team is down to earth and we try to make people comfortable. We want people to feel heard and that we are, you know, listening to them and just have a conversation about what they're doing currently, what their experience is financially and what their goals are, you know, forget how you get there. What do you, what would you like to see happen in your life? Yeah. You know, and then that's our job is to create the plan to get there. So if that first meeting goes well, 
and they want to get back together, then, you know, but we go to the second meeting, but again, that first meeting is just basically getting to know you. So you, you leave feeling like, Hey, I know these people, these are people I like, or maybe they don't like us. And they, we've, we've solved that. Well, I was going to, I can't imagine that would ever possibly happen (laughs) because you're enormously likable, but it actually is a serious question. What if somebody comes in and sits down and how important is that? Is it that you feel a fit or a trust when they, in that first meeting? Yeah, it's, it's super important. Um, you know, and going back to veterinarians, you asked me earlier, you know, why, why, why veterinarians, you know, and besides we just, we think they're kind, wonderful, humble people. We feel like they're overlooked in this space. Like, you know, most people are going after human physicians Yeah, and we feel like they're overlooked but in my experience, veterinarians, they don't mind asking for help, you know, oh. and they don't mind telling you what they don't know. And it just goes back to they're just real. And that's why we love working with them. But it's very important to to answer your question that we feel a connection, that we like each other. We feel like we could work together, you know, um, on yeah. both sides. It's kind of an interview, I guess you could say, for both of us. Mm-hmm. You know, if, there, if we felt like it wasn't a good fit, you know, you're obviously not going to want to share everything with a person that you don't feel a connection with. So we just feel it's important to spend, you know, maybe a 30-minute meeting, you know, whether it's in office, via Zoom or whatever, a 30-minute meeting to say, just to be able to ask questions. Then if they're comfortable and want to move forward, then we give them instructions on how to do that. Yeah. Um, and we get down to, you know, a lot more in the second meeting, which we call our triage meeting. So triage. we do <laughs> so just like a, just like a doctor, you know, is going to go in hard at a triage meeting to try to figure out what's wrong. A lot takes place in this meeting for us too, because we are going in and we do ask them to bring back all their statements, you know, any current financial investments they have, insurance investments, life insurance, long-term care if they have it, um, even tax returns, all that stuff we'll eventually need so that we can put a proper plan together. Yeah. And then, um, you know, we will look it all over in this meeting. We want to know about debt, all those good things. And then we want to know what retirement looks like for them, what they envision it looking like. And, you know, are they willing to save? you know, do a little risk assessment so that we can determine what kind of risk they could accept that they would be willing to go along with. And some people, they are more conservative and they want money put in safe places. So we do have risk managed accounts that we are very appropriate for part of the money. So so you're not a, you're not a one size solution fits all clients kind of person. We're not. We're not. We create all the plans unique from, you know, beginning to end and they're unique to that person. So, you know, and there may need to be different. We call them buckets of money. It's like maybe they need a short term cash reserve because they maybe they want to start a business. Maybe they want to start a practice and they're saving money up for that. So maybe we Mm. don't want to put that in an investment that has a whole lot of risk because they've got a, you know, two year plan or a three year plan where they're going to be buying a business. And so we treat that money a little bit different. So it's very unique to the person and we make sure they're comfortable, but yeah, we do in that triage meeting, make sure that we're going in hard to see what's going on here. We want to know what's going on and we want to see what you have currently or what you need to have. You know, and I can't help but want, I think that it must be really different. And I'd love to hear what the difference might be between the the veterinarian coming in who's just come out of school, maybe been out a couple of years versus a veterinarian who comes in and has been 
practicing for a number of years, maybe, you know, 20 years. Mm-hmm. I would imagine there's different reactions and 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 different different kinds of responses to your triage meeting. Oh, yeah. And sometimes that triage meeting is pretty short. If they're new right out of school and they really have yeah. no assets, you know, one of the biggest things I'm going to tell that person is, you know, you've been in school, you've had no money, you know, and you probably have debt. I think the average is, you know, like or close to $200,000 coming out of that wow. school, you know, 170 or so. And now all of a sudden you get a job making a pretty decent amount of money. And so we really want to coach them on budgeting, you know, like you need to set mm. up a budget and you need to make sure you have an emergency fund. And then we talk about, you know, we educate them on what is an IRA? What is the difference in a traditional IRA and a Roth IRA? So we do a lot of education for those types of clients. Yeah. Give them homework, things to read. And if they have time or, you know, or at least when we're having meetings with them, we explain the difference. And again, a good example is a Roth IRA compared to a traditional IRA. You know, a Roth, sure. you pay tax on the money you put in, but then your seed and harvest is tax-free when you pull it out later in retirement versus a traditional 401k or IRA, you get a tax break for it. So you don't pay any tax on your seed, but then your whole harvest is taxable. (laughs) So, and that can be a nightmare. And so, yeah, that's kind of a meeting with a young vet. And then, you know, to your um, question there about a 20 year old practicing 20 years or whatever that down the road, um, yeah, hopefully they've got some assets saved. Um, they're hopefully have a 401k for their business. If they're, you know, have a practice or if they're an associate, hopefully the practice they're working in has a 401k. That's going to be the number one thing we start talking about is, are you funding your 401k? How much are you put in, putting in and what are your options in that 401k? So we want to make sure people are, um, you know, doing that. And then we start talking about all the different moving parts of the money that they have saved. And then we get them to thinking, you know, we want to talk about required distribution, required minimum distribution. Most people have no clue, younger people, what that even means, but the government forces you to take money out of your retirement plan. And so we will start, we'll start talking to, to that age about those types of things so that we can set up what that looks like. And then another interesting thing, to, if, if someone comes in who has a practice and said they've been in their practice 10, 15, 20 years, we find sometimes that veterinarians are making, I don't want to say a mistake, but I think this is common with business owners in general, is that we work so hard on owning a practice, owning our own business and keeping all the balls in the air, you know, at all the time and paying our staff, paying ourselves, trying to take a vacation, all those things, paying taxes, paying payroll taxes, health insurance for our employees that sometimes we think, well, I'm building this, I'm building this empire, you know, and sometimes it is an empire, but they put all their eggs in the basket of selling the practice to be able to meet that retirement goal. Uh, okay. And yeah. we want to um, empower our physicians to do a little bit of a different thought of that. Like, you know, and, and sometimes that works out. Don't get me wrong. Sometimes they sell it and it's golden and it's, you know, and it's a beautiful thing and it's a happy it ending. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, we've seen 10 X, 15 X multiples on practices in the past. Some of that's coming down. 
But we don't want to just have that as our only hope. We want to have other things saved and created a plan that's very tax efficient. So yes, different conversations. Totally different. Yeah. While we're talking about this, clearly you provide personal financial advice and guidance. Do you ever work with veterinarians in their practices? Do you take a look at their business and say, you could be doing these things differently. This might help your practice and provide that kind of advice? Yeah, we do. We can actually start do a startup 401k. So if we've got a new practice um, mm. and they get ready to, you know, where they're profitable enough, they want to start the 401k and they, and they need a 401k in order to be able to keep the staff. It's yeah. such a competitive, you know, world we live in for employees. And so, like I said earlier, with staff shortages, um, so we can do that. We can do the startup 401k. And we also work with whether it's their CPAs and tax attorneys, but a lot of times it's the CPA to see where there's efficiencies and we can make recommendations, you know, to make sure they're getting all of their deductions for owning the business, Mm -hmm. putting everything in the right credit card to make sure it's a business expense. (laughs) And again, that's more of a CPA type thing, but we work hand in hand with a a lot of CPAs that specialize in working with veterinarians also. That's great. So how do clients reach you if they want to get a hold of you? First of all, do you... It will tell us how they can reach you because I'm curious. Yeah. You you talk about going out a lot, so I want to hear about the schedule too. But let's start yeah. with the basics. So they can the easiest way to reach us is with our by phone. The office phone is 205-795-2013. And I don't mind giving out my cell phone number either. So that's 205-739-1928. Um, also, an easy way to find our website is meetwithmarsha.com, and Marsha huh. is M-A-R-C-I-A, so meetwithmarsha.com, and also follow us on social media. So we're on LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all those things, so follow us. You can get links to this podcast on our social media accounts as well. That's great. Do you post where you're going to be? Um, you, you mentioned you were going to be over in Georgia and out West. So yeah. that people are interested in thinking, well, maybe I'm going to be at that conference. Maybe I should look for. Yeah, we do. Um, usually I put that on LinkedIn, but while we're at the conference, we usually always do a post and say, Hey, come by booth, whatever. Okay. Um, and see us um, come by our happy hour we're having at such and such time. So yeah, so definitely Follow us on those social medias. We'd love to connect with anyone at any of the events. That would be fantastic. Well, great. Notice, listeners, I did not ask her about her team. That's because Marsha and her team are episode three, where we get to meet the folks that uh, she works with and uh, who will also be working with you if you choose to uh, develop a business relationship with Marsha. But for now, thank you. Marsha, that brings us to the end of episode two. Awesome. Thank you, Bill. You're welcome. And listeners, thank you for listening. This is only Marsha's second podcast, but it's not too early to subscribe. In fact, that's easy. See the subscribe button there. You can just hit it. And that way you don't have to remember when does Marsha come out with a podcast because it will be delivered to you directly. Boom. Easy easy. On behalf of Marsha and everybody in her practice that's making hay, I'm Bill Tucker. Thanks for listening. And remember, don't wait. Please live your best life today. Thank you for listening to the Making Hay podcast. 
click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. Visit our website at meetwithmarsha.com or give us a call at 205-795-2013. And don't forget to click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. Content here is for illustrative purposes and general information only. It is not legal, tax, or individualized financial advice, nor is it a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold any specific security or engage in any specific trading strategy. Results will vary. Past performance is no indication of future results or success. Market conditions change continuously. This commentary reflects the personal opinions, viewpoints, and analyses of Marsha Miller. It does not necessarily represent those of RFG Advisory, their clients, or their employees. This commentary should not be regarded as a description of advisory services provided by Marsha Miller or RFG Advisory or performance returns of any client. The views reflected in the commentary are subject to change at any time without notice. Advisory services offered by Investment Advisory Representatives or RFG Advisory LLC RFG Advisory or RFG, a registered investment advisor. Advisory services are only offered to clients or prospective clients where RFG Advisory and its representatives are properly licensed or exempt from licensure. No advisory services may be rendered by RFG Advisory unless a client agreement is in place.